Thank you. 
I want to invite you to grab your Bible wherever you are and read along with me as we read from John chapter 14, book of St. John chapter 14, verses 1 through 14 this morning, where Jesus says these words, do not let your hearts be troubled, believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place that I, where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own. But the Father who dwells in me and does this works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do. And in fact, greater works than these because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you do, if, you, if in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, would you care to guess uh, which day of the year has more phone calls than any other day of the year? It would be Mother's Day. That'd be a great guess, wouldn't it? It is, in fact, Mother's Day. And I understand that totally because I will be calling my mom today and I can't be with her in person today, so a phone call is going to have to be a, a poor substitute of getting to be in her presence in the same room. Uh, my mom is an awesome mom, so shout out to my mom. My wife Tammy is also an awesome mother, so shout out to my wife Tammy and every mom out there, all the amazing women who help mother us. I want to say thank you for that. Uh, but sometimes we're separated from our moms. I know many of you, as I'm talking about making phone calls, many of you wish that you had a phone line to heaven where you could talk to your mom today uh, that way. But thinking about being separated from my mom today and from and how that is, is true for a lot of people uh, caused me to have a flashback to one of the earliest memories I have I think I remember things from when I was about three or four is about as early as I go back to, to my memories. But I have a, a really vivid memory of going with my mom and dad to Memphis, which was a, a big deal for me. I, I grew up in a small town and going to Memphis was a big deal. But we were going to a hospital uh, to see one of my grandparents I can't remember which big hospital in Memphis it was, and I can't even remember which one of my grandparents was in the hospital, but it was something serious. I was there with my mom and dad, and um, we were in the lobby of this big hospital, and as I said, I don't remember which hospital it was. I don't even remember which grandparent it was, but two things stand out in my memory uh, just vividly that day. And pardon my allergies right now, but we uh, we were all there. And two things that I will never forget: one is I saw escalators for the first time. 
and you might be thinking, well, what a country bumpkin you are. It, it's true. I grew up in Stevenson, Alabama. We didn't have any escalators in Stevenson, Alabama. I was three or four years old, and it was a big deal to see stairs that moved up and down on their own. It was fascinating and scary, and yes, I did go up to the escalators, and I was a little afraid to get on them at first, but once I realized how to get on and how to get off, I did ride those things up and down a few times, and I'm sure that I was really silly, and I'm sure that I got on people's nerves that worked there at the hospital and the whole nine yards. The other big memory that I had of that day is a memory of being separated from my mom. See, we were in the lobby, several of the relatives there, I don't know who all was there, but it came time for my mom to visit whomever it was that was in the hospital. And I remember that she came and she knelt down and she gave me a big hug and she said, uh, I'll be right back. And she got on that escalator and I can still see in my mind my mom going up that escalator and me standing at the bottom. I couldn't go with her because in those days they didn't let kids go to visit in hospitals room. And I remember standing at the bottom of the escalator just crying my eyes out, watching my mom go, and she looked back at me, and she wasn't crying because she knew something that I didn't know. She knew that she was coming back soon, and she knew that I was going to be okay, and she knew that she was leaving me in good hands, and it would only be a little while before I would see her coming back down that escalator and when we would get to be together again and I would get to run up to her and give her another big hug. Um, that memory is still very sharp in my mind today. I guess, you could, I guess you could call it the memory of separation anxiety. I know separation anxiety is a thing and I know that it's a certain amount of that is normal. I mean, we have three kids and I've seen it so, so many times. And as I was thinking about separation anxiety uh, and thinking of having this memory for this message today, I, I went and I looked up an online article uh, from a place called uh, healthychildren.org and it was giving tips to parents to help with separation anxiety and I will share a couple of those with you today. It, and if this is an issue for you, maybe this will help you. Um, one suggestion the article gave was this, give your child your full loving attention before leaving. Uh, don't be looking at your phone, don't be looking at anything else. Give your full loving attention to the child uh, before you have to leave. That's number one. Number two is be consistent and build a relationship of trust with your child by keeping your promises. In other words, if you say, Daddy's going away and I'm going to be back tomorrow, make sure it's not the day after tomorrow. Be consistent and keep your promises. That's number two. Number three is leave a special blanket or stuffed toy or something with your child as a reminder that you are coming back. Uh, and that you will keep your promise of returning. So uh, I think those are really good tips. I think I've tried to use some of those with, with our own kids when uh, I had to go away for different things. But it also kind of reminds me of what Jesus did with his disciples in this scripture in the Gospel of John chapter 14 that I read just a few minutes ago. Uh, you see, in this situation, in John 14, Jesus knew something that his disciples didn't know. He knew that their world was about to change big time. He knew that he was going to be going away from them for a while. But he also knew that it was going to be okay. And he knew that someday they'd be back together again. And so Jesus did, I want you to see this, he did what that article said that good parents should do for their children. One is Jesus gave them his full loving attention. 
I mean, he shared a meal with them. They were all together. We, we know it as the Lord's Supper, right? Uh, they, it was a, a very close, full, loving attention time at the meal. And after supper, Jesus got that, wrapped the towel around his waist, and he got down and he washed their feet. You talk about full attention. He had their attention for real, and he washed their feet, and he taught them a lesson. And then he let them know that he loved them, and he let them know that he wanted them to love each other. So that was number one that Jesus did. Number two is Jesus had already built a special trusting relationship with them, so much so that they knew that when Jesus made a promise to them that he was going to keep it. And I want you to think about the promises he made that day. Um, here are the promises. Some of them he made. He said, in my father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I were, was going to prepare a place for you? In other words, you know me. Would I have told you something that wasn't true? Uh, I wouldn't tell you something that wasn't so. You can trust me. And they knew they could. He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And I'm going to come again and take you there to myself so that where I am there you may be also. There's the promise. We're going to be together again. The gift of my presence is going to be yours again. And Jesus had built that relationship of trust. And they knew that Jesus wouldn't promise something and not deliver. And then suggestion number three from that article says... Uh, that you should leave a special blanket, leave a special toy to remind your child that you're coming back. Jesus did better than that. He didn't leave a blanket. He didn't leave a stuffed animal. He left them the promise of the Holy Spirit. Down in verses 16 through 18, just past where we read this morning, uh, we find these words. Jesus said, I'll ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the Spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I will come to you. The Lord's presence would live with his disciples. And the Holy Spirit would abide in his disciples. That same spirit that is with us, that is in us the gift of the Lord's presence. And we know that. We know that. We know how special presence is, especially over the last two months when we have not been able to be present with one another like we want to. We know how special it is. That's why Jesus uh, says, look, don't let your hearts be troubled because it is troubling when we don't have that presence. Pres presence is a gift. But here's what I want to emphasize this morning. Presence is a gift that keeps on giving, even when the one giving it is not in the same room with you. Presence is a gift that keeps on giving, even when that one who is giving it isn't in the room with you. I read a story recently about a woman named Miss Caroline. And Miss Caroline was the much-loved piano teacher in a small town and she was known for not only teaching piano to her students but also teaching them about life. Miss Caroline loved her students like she like they were her own children and she taught them music but she also taught them how to be young ladies and young gentlemen. And so every year in May Miss Caroline would have a recital, a piano recital in the local school auditorium. And so Miss Caroline would carefully select one piece for each student to play, something that she knew that whatever their level was, it was a piece that she knew that they could play perfectly. And um, she would just drill them on that, that piece that they were gonna play for the recital. But she would also drill them on how they're gonna walk on stage and how they were going to um, bow to the audience and 
adjust the stool just right, back straight, hands in the right position, then play your song, and then get up and face the audience as they are applauding again, and bow gracefully and make your exit off the stage. She drilled and drilled and drilled. So the afternoon of the final uh, of the recital finally came, and all of Miss Caroline's pupils were backstage, waiting for their turn to go out and play. One little girl named Anne Louise um, was getting ready to go out and play, but she was terrified. I mean, she was so afraid that she she thought she was going to faint, and she was so afraid that she thought she was going to throw up, or maybe both at the same time. Uh, but she was waiting in the wings, and Anne Louise had her name called, and she was getting ready to step out on the stage, but she just froze up like a deer in the headlights. She literally couldn't take another step. And Miss Caroline saw what was happening, and she came up behind Anne Louise, and she placed her hands on Anne Louise's shoulder, and she bent down, and she whispered in her ear. She said, Honey, you have worked so hard, and you know this piece, and you have nothing to fear, and I want you to remember, Anne Louise, I am counting with you all the way. And then she gave her a little gentle push, and Anne Louise did it. She walked out there on stage, and she took her bow, and she adjusted the bench, and she had straightened her back, and she had her hands, and just before her hands touched the keys, she remembered the words Miss Caroline whispered in her ear, I am counting with you. And she realized that Miss Caroline hadn't said, I'm counting on you. She already knew that. She said, I'm counting with you. And somehow, Anne Louise felt like she and Miss Caroline were connected in a way that was bigger than, than really both of them. And so she was able to play her music and play it with life and play it with joy. So maybe you're wondering, how could she be so sure? How could Anne Louise be so sure that what Miss Caroline promised her was going to be fulfilled. She believed the promise. She believed the promise because she believed that Miss Caroline was trustworthy. Jesus said to the disciples, and Jesus says to you and to me, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you so I want to ask you to think about this morning, can we, can we trust that promise? Just because Jesus says so? I mean, people say things all the time, don't they? Sometimes you can trust them, sometimes you can't. I heard a, an interesting story recently about Abraham Lincoln when he was in a debate with one of his political opponents. Back and forth in the debate they went and Lincoln asked his opponent, how many legs does a cow have? And his opponent kind of huffed and in disgust. He said, well, four, of course. And Lincoln said, well, now suppose that you call the, the cow's tail a leg. How many legs would a cow have then? And his opponent said, well, five, of course. And Lincoln said, well, that's where you're wrong because calling a cow's tail a leg doesn't make it a leg. So we need more than words, don't we? We need, these are heart-troubling times. We need more than just words. We're missing each other. I know that. I miss you. Many people are missing their moms today. Many, many moms are missing their children today. And all of us, I mean all of us, are feeling so nostalgic for times when we thought that things were normal, we just took for granted. So we need to hear those words this morning. Don't let your hearts be troubled. 
I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm going to leave the gift of my presence with you. And that gift is going to abide with you always. But just saying those words doesn't make it so. What makes it so is that those words came from Jesus. Who not only tells the truth, but is the truth. So you already know, don't you, from countless sermons and countless messages from countless preachers that Christ is counting on you. And it's true. You and I are the hands and feet of Jesus. He's counting on us. But I want you to hear this this morning. Just like Miss Caroline and Anne Louise, Christ is counting with you. Receive the gift of his presence today your friends and your family, your church family, whom you long to see and who long to see you, we'll get to see each other again some sunny day. They're counting with you too. Did you know that? They're counting with you. Let them know you're counting with them. Send them a text. Send them a call today. Say, hey, look, I'm counting with you. You're not alone. That's what we all need to know. You're not alone. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit who abides with us and in us always. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for reminding us that you are with us. Sometimes uh, we need a reminder like that, especially when we're feeling alone and we're feeling fearful. Help us to receive that message deep in our hearts so that our hearts would not be troubled. Thank you for the gift of your presence. In Jesus' name, amen.